faithwire.com. Well, hello and welcome to Four and Three, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. Today's Wednesday, May 26, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. And before we get going uh, today, a special welcome to everyone in the Daily Rundown audience. We're joining forces on Wednesdays each week uh, where you'll be getting the top stories from CBN and CBN's Faithwire from myself and Trey Goins Phillips. It's all part of the 4 and 3 podcast uh, that we do here on CBN's faithwire.com. And so coming up on the podcast today, we got a shock study finding evangelical support for Israel's plummeting. Chip and Joe are under fire from the woke mob once again. Another state has become the latest in a long line to ban critical race theory in schools. And Georgia Governor Brian Kemp has banned so-called vaccine passports in his state. We'll break down these stories and more. All with Trey Goins Phillips from Faithwire.com. Trey, how's it going? I'm good. You know, I might this might be crazy and a little bit too Pollyanna-ish of me. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of get the impression that maybe the tide is starting to turn on CRT, which should be maybe uh, would be nice. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've had this this term I've coined called pendulum watch. And, and I just feel like <laughs> after George Floyd, we talked about it yesterday, that just something shifted in the, narr- in, the, in the narrative, whereas like a lot of democratic sort of far left activist things that they've been pushing for all of a sudden just became accepted in mainstream. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, let's have that kind I'm just wondering when the pendulum will shift back to the middle a little bit more. Uh, and maybe, yeah. maybe this is a sign. So we'll, we'll see. Um but uh, we'll have the details on all that and more. And we're going to dive right into story number one. And uh, this is a shock study here of evangelical Christians in the U.S. And they've long been very supportive uh, of Israel. But this new survey uh, shows that that defense might be beginning to unravel. So the poll was conducted by Barna Group. It found that only 33% of young evangelical Christians uh, from ages 18 to 29 said that they support Israel in the conflict between Israel and Palestine. So uh, that's a steep drop off from the 69% of young evangelical Christians who said during another survey conducted in 2018 that they sided with Israel. Um, That same survey found of the 1,000 respondents that 75% defended Israel. Three years ago, just three years ago, only 2%, 2.8% of uh, poll participants pledged support for Palestinians. Now, 24.3% said they sided with Palestinians. That is a massive increase over just a couple years. And so this study comes on the heels of overwhelmingly one-sided reporting on the Israel-Israeli-Gaza uh, conflict. For example, uh, most every report, this is just one kind of angle of this that you see, uh, says Israeli police used excessive force on Palestinian worshipers. That's how this whole thing uh, started, this latest Israel-Gaza conflict. So they omit the fact, all of them pretty much, that the worshiping had ended and it was some who remained that ended up protesting and shooting fireworks and throwing rocks and causing disturbances at nearby police stations and other people in the area. And that's sort of what kicked and provoked things off. Uh, and so, you know, you can argue the level the response from there but uh, to just say that israeli officers were just going after worshipers for no reason is is fake news as they say uh so what's the left saying well the left has long criticized israel and called them 
the oppressor and the headlines and the overwhelming that one-sidedness might be actually paying off for him now at this point for far-left activists because it seems that uh, that support is starting to erode uh, for Israel. So what's the right saying? Well, the right, especially the Christian right, is kind of blindsided by this poll uh, as support for Israel is, you know, is laid out in Genesis uh, very clearly. Is, is It's a common teaching among evangelical uh, Christians. So why does it matter? Well, if the evangelical church is losing their support for Israel over the next now and then in the years to come, that doesn't likely bode well for our long-term future relationship with the nation of Israel. So time will tell if this is a harbinger of things to come or just an outlier. But uh, Trey, this is uh, certainly a disturbing poll. Yeah, I think it's kind of a a confluence of a, of a couple things. I think some of it is the reporting, uh, like you said, and how Israel is pretty much, if you look at any mainstream outlet, every single time Israel will be described as the aggressor. Yeah. Like that's just kind of a given. Uh, that's going to be how the media reports it. But I think also in a lot of uh, Christian culture, we don't really put much emphasis on the Old Testament anymore. So we don't yeah. really know the history of the Jewish People like uh, I had a, a, a professor in when I was in community college uh, before I transferred to a, a Christian university. Um, the, the, this community college professor, she's one of my literature professors. She's not a Christian uh, at all, and she said uh, we were talking about bu- books being banned or certain books being inappropriate to use in secular government-funded institutions. And she said the fact of the matter is is that the Old Testament is a history book for the Jewish people. Like she said, I'm not using it as a religious text, uh, but it is something that needs to be considered when you're looking at the history of the Jewish people, because Mm -hmm. this is their written history. It's their oral history that's been turned into written history. Uh, So, you know, I think we we don't really put as much emphasis as we should maybe in uh, Christian cultures uh, or or in our Christian culture, particularly with the younger generation and really helping them understand the Old Testament uh, and the heritage of the Jewish people. So I, I think a combination of a few things uh, has led to this shift, but it's certainly something that needs to be turned around. And it's concerning uh, to see, you know, support among uh, evangelical believers dwindling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's incumbent on churches to uh, make sure that they're not just glossing over this, uh, you know, uh, and and this area of teaching and yeah. to make sure their, their congregants understand it, because, uh, you know, all of the information that's just just being flooded with people, uh, as we talked about, is so one-sided that if you don't teach that, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, people are going to get wrong views uh, on some of these things as far as it pertains uh, from a Christian worldview. So, Yeah, absolutely. All right, story number two. So Chip and Joanna Gaines, the HGTV stars, uh, who are now doing their own show on uh, Discovery Plus, I think, uh, so anyway, they found themselves at the center of yet another uh, kind of made-up controversy that was uh, spun by the news media. So according to the Dallas Morning News, uh, Chip recently made a $1,000 campaign contribution to his sister, uh, Shannon Braun, who's running to be on the board of the Grapevine Colleyville Independent School District. Uh, so many... Uh, you know, like many other people, Braun is opposed to critical race theory uh, being implemented into school curricula in a campaign video. Uh, she pledged she would, quote, vote down anything and everything that further promotes CRT in schools and actively work to remove any CRT currently in the school system. 
the hill, uh, as you can see in the screenshot if you're watching on uh, online, uh, immediately ran a misleading headline uh, writing that Chip and Joanna Gaines, quote, donated to a campaign against critical race theory in schools. <laughs> so while the headline is technically true, it's not fair or accurate uh, to interpret what happened that way. Uh, really, what happened is they made a political donation to a family member who <laughs> happens to be conservative, who's running for the school board, and right. among many other things, she's opposed to critical race theory. <laughs> it's his uh, sister! So, I mean, like, wow, yeah, shocking news. Guy to <laughs> donates to his sister. <laughs> right. It's donated to a family member who's running for the school board. Uh, so she has, uh, I would imagine, a whole host of positions. Uh, you know, one of them happens to be in opposition to CRT. They did not donate directly to some sort of unknown campaign uh, <laughs> against just critical race theory. Right. And like you said, Dan, it's his family member. So <laughs> seems an important, an important thing to note there. Uh, so uh, what's the left saying? Well, some leftist social media users immediately jumped at the opportunity to condemn the gains as one person called it disgusting, while another said the couple can't accurately even define CRT. Quite the assumption there about uh, the, the couple. Uh, others said that they will boycott anything the Gaineses make or sell from now on. Uh, and some even suggested that Joanna, who's of Korean descent, uh, is betraying her ethnic heritage uh, by being opposed to critical race theory or even presuming she's opposed to critical race theory who knows maybe she has a different opinion from her husband uh we don't really even know but i i, I can i could probably guess where she falls on the issue uh, so what's the right saying well conservatives are praising the famous couple for their contribution contribution to chip's sister uh, while also calling out the media for misrepresenting the donation again to his sister uh, one person called the news refreshing while another added uh, that they love them even more now uh, so why does it matter dan i just think this is a perfect example of how the media will tweak the focus of the story just enough uh, so that it says something completely different and will engender an even more divisive response uh, because you know it's technically true uh, but really not in the spirit of, of what actually happened and i you know good for the Gaineses for doing whatever they want to with their money because that's their business I, you know the lesson i hope uh, americans are learning is that whether you're democratic or republican leaning uh, none of us should take the media's word really for anything like no. we've talked about yesterday uh, you know, we need to be investigating and reading up on stuff uh, on our own as best we can, because we should always assume that there's a bias or a motive behind the, the news that we're reading uh, and the way that it's been reported to us. I mean, I'm looking at that headline and in the context of what I'm <laughs> dealing with today behind the scenes here uh, with these, you know, social media dings where they, you know, slap a misinformation label on it. We talked about it yesterday. Um, here on this podcast and then you see a headline like that that's not what he did as you said like he didn't donate to yeah. a campaign against critical race theory in schools there is no campaign against he donated to his sister who like you said happens to have that view i mean that's just obnoxious that breaking news man donates and supports his family member i mean it's just insanity um, but I think, like you yeah. said, they're just trying to divide. The media is just trying to divide. They know it's going to stir up clicks. Um, and it's sad. It's it's sad and pathetic. Well, and we've seen them do this to to him before, to the Gaineses before. They, I think I can't remember what year it was, but a couple of years ago, there was reporting that the Gaineses go to a church that's, oh. you know, 
homophobic. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So when you look into it, it's like, oh, they just hold to a biblical view of marriage, which is mainstream that the majority of churches across the world right. hold to. I mean, what kind of a headline? Uh, but, yeah. You know, they'll take advantage of the fact that a lot of people are not going to read it. And they'll just, you know, look at the headline and think, oh my goodness, they're going to this church that's actively discriminating and hating on gay people. Right. They go out, they don't, they don't meet. That's actually what's happening. Yeah, they don't meet and worship in church on Sunday. They just go out and they actively target <laughs> LGBT people. That's all Chip and Joe are doing every weekend. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. absurd. But, uh, but you know, it seems like the media does lap up a lot of these leftist activist talking points these days. So, um, as you said, hopefully, maybe uh, we can, you know, get the pendulum swinging the other way just a little bit. So, yeah. all right, let's uh, let us head into story number three. <clears throat> and uh, Tennessee. They've become the latest state to take a stand against critical race theory in schools. Uh, the new legislation says that teachers uh, can't teach that, quote, an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether they consciously or uh, whether consciously or subconsciously. They also added language that allows uh, impartial discussion of controversial aspects of history, such as slavery and such. Uh, making sure that that's obviously still allowed under it. Um, and it uh, the limits on uh, teacher speech won't apply when a teacher is responding to a student's question or referring to a historic figure or group. So uh, if, if a school is found in violation, they could get fined. They could lose some of their uh, state funding. Uh, so there's some good incentive there to follow it as well. Uh, won't get just won't just get a slap on the wrist. So Governor Bill Lee uh, signed the measure into law uh, earlier this week and said students should learn things that don't, quote, inherently divide people. Uh, we need to make sure that our kids recognize that this country is moving toward a more perfect union, that we should teach um, the exceptionalism, exceptionalism of our nation and how people can live together and work together and make a greater nation, and to not teach things that inherently divide or pit uh, either Americans against Americans or people groups against people groups. Uh, that was the governor speaking there. Uh, similar uh, proposals targeting the uh, teaching of CRT, uh, which Christian theologian Vadi Bakum and other critics call a worldview and a religion in and of itself, uh, have been introduced in 16 states. Uh, Idaho and Oklahoma enacted laws this year as well. So what's the left saying? Well, the left's been uh, kind of pushing CRT uh, to have it in corporations in schools, even in churches. And we've even seen some evangelical churches uh, adopt this um, uh, this idea uh, as they... Um, uh, Matt Chandler is a pastor. That's uh, one example that we have there. He's spoken of white privilege often. The SBC adopted a resolution on CRT and said, while uh, acknowledging that, quote, uh, critical race theory and intersectionality alone are insufficient to diagnose and re uh, redress the root causes of the social ills that they identify, which result from sin, these analytical tools can aid in evaluating a variety of human experiences. So that was uh, the SBC kind of including, trying to include a portion of CRT there. So what's the right saying? Well, the right's been pushing back against this movement. Christopher Rufo has been uh, a leading voice challenging CRT's inclusion in schools. Um, many prominent hosts on conservative sites have been speaking out on this issue. Uh, Dana Lash, one of them, uh, in that in that area, actually, she's in that town where uh, Chip and Joe's uh, uh, sister is running. 
Uh, Vody Bauckham has been perhaps the leading voice on this front, especially when it comes to churches. And uh, Trey and I interviewed Vody uh, recently about his new book, Fault Lines, which is you know must read on this issue. Uh, and you can check out that interview over on the CBN News YouTube page. So why does it matter? Well, uh, Bauckham said that this idea ideology is, quote, a wolf in sheep's clothing. So he says it's antithetical to the gospel. Uh, and, you know, there's no grace there. There's no redemption there. There's no salvation. Uh, yet by adopting it, it's going to automatically divide us. You know, certain people are going to be called the oppressors. They're going to be called, uh, you know, the bad, basically, for just the color of their skin, by virtue of the color of their skin. So um, I don't think that's the way the country wants to go, Trey. And, uh, you know, if if we want to um, move in a direction that was more in Martin Luther King's model, uh, I think uh, this poses a challenge to that, quite honestly. Yeah, you know, I think also uh, there's kind of an interesting thing happening with people like, you know, John Lennon's son uh, or mm. even Sarah Silverman a little bit and uh, Barry Weiss, like I've mentioned before. And I, I actually think Christopher Rufo, I'm pretty certain that he identified as more Democratic leaning. Uh, but was just so opposed to the CRT stuff that he yeah. came out and is is really active on that front. Uh, so it's interesting that it seems like there's this this like cadre of people who are kind of coming together. It's like a motley crew of conservatives and 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 more left leaning people mm -hmm. who are coming together to oppose this. And it's interesting that it's uh, that it's creating a um, uh, I guess a bridge between the two ideologies. Yeah. Uh, so I just hope more people will start to stand up and do that. Um, but it is encouraging to see people uh, more and more from both sides of the aisle saying, hey, we disagree on this and this, but we can agree that this is an issue uh, and this is not the way to address uh, racism or to address bigotry or you know pre prejudice, whatever it is. Uh, so I'm glad to see more people hopefully raising their voices and also more uh, more states and you know legislative bodies coming out and saying hey we're we're obviously opposed to racism but this is not the way to do yeah. it because it's more divisive than, yeah. than helpful yeah and that seems to be the rub on a, on a lot of it is that it's uh, no, nobody's against like addressing racism uh, everybody sure except for actual racists you know don't want racism but this this approach just doesn't it, especially from a christian worldview it does not appear to have uh, as Vody says you know any any redemptive value to it, um, any any grace component whatsoever. It's just a, hey, realize that you're bad and that, you know, you have privilege and you don't. And uh, this is just the way it is. And, um, you know, then be an anti-racist, whatever that means. You know, there's just no clear, there's no clear end in sight on that on that front. And so you just got to wallow in your uh, in your either privilege or, you know, or your oppressed state. So it just it just seems like it only serves to divide us. So. Well, and I think too, just on a on a like shallow basic level, any sort of worldview that's going to make presumptions based solely on the color of someone's skin yeah. uh, is already by default incompatible. I yes. I think with uh, yeah. the gospel. Indeed. Uh, so, all right, story number four. Uh, so, in a new executive order, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp has banned requiring people to have so-called vaccine passports to get into the Southern state. Uh, so the decision by Kemp comes as more businesses and venues are dropping their COVID-19 restrictions a couple weeks after the CDC announced that vaccinated people can safely stop wearing their masks. Uh, places are still encouraging non-vaccinated people to wear masks. Most places though uh, are not requiring any sort of proof of vaccination, at least not 
at this point. Uh, so Kemp told Fox News this week, I thought it was important for state government, for the state government, government to signal we're not going to have vaccine passports. People know what to do. We're going to continue to encourage them to get the vaccine. There are a lot of concerns out there that people are going to be forced to do something with their own medical decisions, he added. We do not support that in Georgia. Uh, so the governor's executive order comes a few weeks after he lifted most of the state's uh, remaining pandemic restrictions, and more than 3.2 million Georgians, including Kemp, uh, so far are vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, but the governor said forcing people to do something is not going to work. You need to get them to buy in uh, to what you're selling and what the solutions are. So what's the left saying? Well, several on the left have strongly encouraged businesses, states, and venues to mandate proof of vaccination for entry. Uh, feminist activist Jill Filipovic said this month, the country needs to implement vaccine passports immediately. She wrote, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your right. But it's not your right to go to a concert, to go to a bar, a restaurant, or a large event. And Dr. Fauci, Fauci recently said that he believes airlines and cruise ships will soon begin requiring proof of vaccinations for customers. He said colleges and universities will likely do the same. Some already are. He also complained about the fact that there are no vaccine passport mandates for the government from the government, saying the trouble is that we don't have vaccine passports, so we don't know who's vaccinated or not. Uh, the Biden administration has repeatedly said that they will not uh, require them from a federal level. So what's the right saying? Well, conservatives have been opposed to this kind of overreach from the government and from big business from the beginning. Uh, one social media user responded to Filipovic, writing, It's terrifying that someone can be so grossly authoritarian and insane in public and people will actually agree with them. Uh, even a former Bernie Sanders campaign staffer uh, wrote that vaccine passports will, quote, inflame the culture and lead to surveillance culture. Uh, so that's an interesting take from a, a Sanders staffer. Yeah. Uh, so why does it matter? Uh, you know, this is the kind of uh, power we should not be giving to our government and to big corporations. Uh, they don't need to, de to determine so much of our activity. You know, vaccine, uh, vaccination is a personal decision uh, that should be left to individuals to make for themselves and for their families. Uh, and here's the thing. The vaccine works according to all the data we have available to us. So those who choose to take the vaccine are protected from people who might choose not to get yeah. the vaccine. You know, and as it stands right now, I was looking at the numbers this morning, Dan, half of all U.S. adults are now fully vaccinated, which is quite, quite record break. I mean, that's happened super fast. Yeah. Uh, so it's time for the restrictions to end and for the overreach to stop. And I just think, you know, if you're vaccinated, you're safe. Uh, so I, I don't really understand why we're still at this point being so driven and led by fear that we're willing to potentially, you know, some people are encouraging the government to to take this kind of restrictive measure. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing all these things. Like, I think I just saw somewhere, someone sent me this story where uh, they're doing like a lottery for a vaccine mm, lottery, yeah. basically like handing out a lottery prize. If you're going out and you're getting your vaccine, you get entered into some sort of lottery. Um, so there's all kinds of just this push for it to, to, to go on. And, uh, you know, and that's fine. But they're just, like you said, there doesn't seem to be any room for, not getting it <laughs> so if someone yeah. chooses and they want it they don't want to get it for whatever reason there doesn't seem to be a safe space there for them it's very much like this feminist activist you know kind of trying to shun basically anyone who makes that decision and uh that just to me it just doesn't seem very american 
Um, and I think that's why you see a lot of people pushing back because they're just, they don't, they don't like this idea that we're sort of being forced to do things. And I, you know, I know that the Biden administration has said they won't do the federal passport um, on a, you know, the vaccine passport on a federal level, which is, which is good, but almost more insidious is the fact that they're working, you know, behind the scenes with all these big corporations that are sort of, they're trying to push it. So that was their tactic. And yeah. they, they knew there was like a bad, a non-starter to go, we're going to mandate it from a federal level. That just won't fly. So they go behind the scenes and try to get all these companies to force the issue. And, uh, you know, and and then you're in that point where, well, it's a company's right to do what they want. They don't have to do it. So now you're kind of you're kind of stuck there. You're kind of stuck on that fence there. Well, company's free to do what they want. Um, so now it's just a matter of how many companies will actually do that and how many won't. So, uh, but yeah, there doesn't seem to be much, uh, much leniency, much grace for uh, anybody who's in that camp of choosing not to get uh, a vaccine. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, good for Kemp for not just for the executive order, you know, but also for the fact that the reason behind it, that he said, we need to convince people to buy in. He said, it's our job, it's on us as government officials, as healthcare officials, let's convince people, let's win them over to get the vaccine. Let's not try to yeah. force them into a corner, which I think is actually the effective way to yes. convince people. And also, like you said, I think the frustrating thing and maybe the, uh, like, it's kind of like the dirty, <laughs> the dirty secret here is that uh, the government knew, the federal government, the White House knew, well, we don't have to mandate it because big tech and big corporations are going to do all of that work for of us. Course, yeah. uh, and, and it's kind of a loophole, like you said, because then they can say, well, you know, that's a private business doing what they want to do. So, you know, what, who are we to stop them? Uh, so yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's a frustrating game uh, that a lot of our elected officials seem to be playing with this issue. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. That is, uh, that's all the time we have, uh, for today's episode, which by the way, today's episode being featured on the daily rundown over on cbnnews.com and will be every Wednesday. So thank you to everybody from, uh, the CBN daily news rundown, uh, podcast that's checking us out today. Appreciate that. Uh, we will be back here with more news from a Christian perspective. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. We'll see you back here tomorrow.